Well, not everybody learns that way. There's a lot of people who learn by hands-on and doing, and quite frankly, by using that problem solving and some of those tactile skills, they're in heaven. So why not get them into careers that they're wired for? Welcome to Diesel Stories, where we sit down with professionals across the industry to hear about their journey. I'm Jacob Finley, along with Chris O'Brien. Today, we're talking with Jennifer Marr, CEO of Tech Force Foundation. Welcome, Jennifer Marr. Hi there. Hey, great to have you. Great being here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're very impressed with the work uh, you guys are doing there at the Tech Force Foundation. So you are not, you didn't grow up in this industry, in the industry of car, truck repair, all of that, correct? I am not. I am knee deep in it these days. And sometimes I am embarrassed to say, you know, I'm not a car girl. I, I don't know much about the diesel engines, et cetera. That is not my passion for the work I do these days. Uh, or I should say, it's not my knowledge or my skill set. My passion is around the workforce development for this industry. So that's where I'm coming from. So your background is in nonprofits, correct? It is. It's been about 30 years of uh, senior leadership of blue chip nonprofits from YMCA and Make-A-Wish, uh, national nonprofits that are really trying to do good in the world. And uh, now I'm with TechForce. I'm the CEO. And ironically, I got the job when one of my former clients from Make-A-Wish, who was with the NASCAR Foundation, called me and said, you really need to go talk to this group. Uh, so, you know, being in the charities, you often are working with industries to impact people's lives. And so there is a little bit of the connection and all of the different um, auto and diesel companies I've worked with as past sponsors of other youth organizations, making that segue to me uh, now and with TechForce. So what's the idea with TechForce? Yeah, I mean, the idea is, you know, how can a nonprofit impact career exploration, workforce development and jobs in an industry and help young people find their way through that pathway into jobs that employers desperately need them. So that is what TechForce is, is we are a, a, a network of students and technicians and industry employers and instructors and people who care about the technician workforce. And we are that kind of that conduit to help people navigate that pipeline, explore the career path, get career ready and get into jobs. Makes sense. And obviously we all know there is a major technician shortage. It's the skills gap, right? Uh, fewer and fewer people going into the blue collar world. Is it still like that? Are you guys seeing a turnaround or what, what does the data well, look like from your perspective? The, the data, the data is still pretty ugly. And uh, we know from the research that TechForce has done with the Bureau of Labor Statistics that uh, auto, diesel, and collision combined need about 125,000 new entrants a year just to keep up with demand for techs. And yet our tech schools are only graduating 57,000. Mm -hmm. So if you are a, you know, an employer out there looking for a diesel tech and you are pulling your hair out, 
those numbers tell you why. And but they only tell you a little of the story because what it doesn't say is I mentioned new entrants. It doesn't even account for the demand of replacing your aging baby boomers who are retiring. Mm-hmm. So that even makes the number worse. So right now, you know, there's a massive tech shortage. It's not necessarily getting better, but I think more people are starting to lean in to fix it. And um, it took us about 30 years to create this problem in America, and it's going to take us a while to get out of it. But, you know, for 30 years, we've been telling people everybody has to go to a four-year university, don't be a grease monkey, the skilled trades are a less than option. And, you know, we've drank this Kool-Aid, and now we're paying for it. And yet, it's actually become the reverse where we don't call it the skilled, you know, skilled trades or blue collar careers. We call them new collar careers because many of these uh, professions like technicians are demanding very good middle class salaries. They can live and work anywhere. They can take those skills. They can't be shipped overseas. So there's a lot of upside benefits now that we really kind of poo pooed in the past. And yet, who's laughing now? Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting when, um, so back in the day, I, at one point I was, I drove a semi truck and I remember my uncle, he worked at IBM, degreed guy, military, et cetera. And he said, you're gonna be one of those truck drivers, right? He's, and, and then all of a sudden I started showing him my paycheck and he was like, wait a minute, you're a truck driver <laughs> making more now. than me. What What is happening here? And so I got into the transportation industry and um, we this this cliche that it's just a bunch of dumb truck drivers out there was just, you know, it was just kind of like, well, we're, we're not a bunch of dumb people. We're professionals um, that have a lot of responsibility. And um, it's kind of interesting that we spent the 90s, you know, moving away from a commercial truck driver to a professional driver. You're a professional truck driver. Mm-hmm. and. I almost feel like the same thing is happening with technicians where it's just, oh, grease monkey, dead end job. You can't make money. But there's it's a right. professional career. It is a true. Technicians it, are it professionals. And, so. and, you know, that's what one of Tech Force's main purposes is, is that we do the storytelling. We promote the profession. We blow up the outdated stigmas and, the, and defy the myths. We start talking about what really it is today. And there is such this disconnect between you know, the advancing technologies that are in these trucks. I mean, it blows your Mm -hmm. mind and the need to know, you know, from the STEM subjects of science, technology, engineering, and math and um, the electrical systems and the circuitry. And now we're coming into all the advancing technologies with autonomous driving and autonomous, you know, in electric vehicles. So, you know, we we're talking now about you know, tech force is really starting to move into the space of the technician revolution and what is the technician going to look like in the future. And so this is what we are constantly talking about is it is not what it used to be. These are professionals. These are technologists. These are STEM careers. And so that's why we'll say, have you looked under a hood recently? I mean, you can't touch it. So Mm -hmm. it takes an incredible amount of intelligence and training, but it is a different wiring. It's not for everybody. So there's nothing wrong with going on to a four-year university if that's what you want to pursue, but it is not the only option. And at Tech Force, we really advocate for, you know, the tactile learner, the hands-on, and it's these kids that we're failing in our school system these days saying, sit still, 
don't move, don't touch, listen to me and watch the board. Well, not everybody learns that way. There's a lot of people who learn by hands-on and doing, and quite frankly, by using that problem solving and some of those tactile skills, they're in heaven. So why not get them into careers that they're wired for and it works for them? And yet, you know, again, we tend to typically say college or military, and we'd like it to be college, military, and or technical training, you know, CTE, career and technical education. There is another path that we want people to talk about. But to your point, I mean, these are professionals, these are new collar careers, and, you know, trucks, uh, they're only getting more and more sophisticated and or any of the other diesel engines and how it's going to continue to power America going through, we've got to stop living in the past and um, kind of squashing this pathway. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate too. I I, um, I feel like I, at one point there's some sort of privilege that when I went to high school um, in the, uh, I mean, I'm an older, I'm an old dog, so in the <laughs> 80s, <laughs> just dating myself. <laughs> um, but we had welding class. We, I, I took home economics. They taught me how to cook. So when I dated right. somebody, I, like I knew how to make cookies. You know, it was this, this. I was like <laughs> some sort of unicorn. And then, um, you know, we had Spanish and writing and all that. But I, I took welding and I learned how to weld. And I took a shop and I learned how to change the oil. And it just seems like it was fun. And the classes were always crowded. You. They would fill up fast. Uh, we would get in line to, you know, uh, register every year for school. Or, and so it's kind of interesting that there was this demand when I was going to school, and I think the demand's still there. We just we ripped it out of all of the school systems, right. and like it's some sort yeah, of and bad thing. We could have a whole, you know, a whole conversation <laughs> about all that because it is fascinating to say how and why. But yeah, I think it's the education system ripped it out of the schools you know, over budget and funding and test scores and having to focus on what gets measured gets done, right? And so right. that's how we ended up with that. And at the same time, over 30 years by stigmatizing exactly. the skilled trades, now we have a situation where you're starting to see some of these career and technical schools or magnet schools coming back or programs trying to start up. But we even in some locations have a challenge that the kids won't get on the bus to go to the magnet school because what will their friends think? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's trying to get away from that, you know, those last 30 years of stigmatizing it. The flip side to it is what makes me excited is when I talk to young people, we do all the focus groups, more likely they're to say, look, you can get me excited about vehicles and engines and, you know, diesel, et cetera. I get it. And quite frankly, more of the students we have coming through Tech Force have heard on the street that diesel pays more than most of the other technician jobs. So they're already predisposed to say, I like diesel. So they say, you can get me excited, but get my parents or my counselors yeah, out exactly. of the way because they're the gatekeepers. They, but, you know, that's a big problem if you're not going to sign or support or drive your kid to a program or a skills USA, you know, or co-sign a loan to be able to go to a tech post-secondary tech school. You know, these parents have a lot of power of, of derailing that future tech. So we have to work on lifting these stigmas, re-educating people, promoting the profession. And really the only way we can do that is by flexing our muscles and having people who are in the industry who are happy to be able to tell their stories. Yeah, there's still these talking points out there that you're going to make uh, a certain percentage more if you get an associate's degree and then a bachelor's and then a master's. So you're crazy to not go to college because you're going to make so much more of the course, course of your life, right? 
And I wonder how truly you found it in reality that is. And is that, you know, is that taking into account a path, like you said, a STEM career can go through technical school. It doesn't have to be going and getting a bachelor's right. degree in something. Well, our, our research and our findings these days has been almost au contraire. You can go now to a one or year one or two year tech school, not have the level of student debt, get a job working immediately. And like any job, if you stink at it, you're not gonna rise fast or make a lot of money. But you know, the more you're good and you really start to crank and learn your art of your skill, you can make good dollars, really good dollars. So when we have done some studies, and uh, I'm going to fub a little bit because this was a couple of years ago, but you know, TechForce worked and did a study where we mapped even what an MIT grad would make so many years out of college and 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 put it next to a, a successful technician, hmm. and it blew your mind because it completely you know, uh, blew up the misnomer that you had to go to college to be successful with the mounting college debt, especially more students are collapsing under that debt or dropping out after the first or second year. These are the challenges for those students, whereas the ones who went on to a tech school and didn't have the debt and got into working immediately and they found that the pay was great, they are at the same level or better than some of these Ivy League students. Now, this might be controversial, so you don't have to answer this, but you know how um, <clears throat> people talk about like big pharma and big oil and so on and so forth. Um, some people think that there's like big university, right? So there's like uh, universities, universities in a lot of ways have turned into businesses that are just interested in driving growth, top line revenue, so on and so forth. and. Um, of course, it's way more nuanced than that, but there's a ton of money involved in getting kids into the universities and keeping the growth going right with these big schools. Sure. We see that um, where we are and um, I'm sure it's universal. So a lot of those talking points coming from the counselors and parents and so on and so forth. There's like this big marketing push, like going against what you're talking about, because there these machines have to be fed. Right. These big universities. Right. So what what role do you think they play in? kind of perpetuating the stereotypes? I think that, you know, some I will say with my tech force hat, which is tech force looks to alternative routes to be able to help students find their path. So we work with schools in the education system, but we also try to collaborate with out of school and after school programs. And, you know, that's youth groups, uh, you know, Boys and Girls Clubs, scouting, all of these other places where they're also trying to help students with workforce development and getting that message out um, so that sometimes we can try to bypass some of that machinery, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I'll also put on my mom hat, though, and say, you know, I, I, when I sit and look at my kids uh, told that their senior year of high school to stand on stage and announce where they're going to college and what they'll be studying so that they can get the accolades and applause from the whole audience. It makes my skin crawl right. because the reality is, is not everybody's going on to some quote unquote school that everybody's going to know or that they feel like they're going to be judged or when they say, I don't know, they're told, make it up, you know, and in the end of the day, the schools are incentivized to have a hundred percent graduation from high school and that they're 100% college bound. Mm -hmm. 
And yet they don't follow up with those students a year later to find out 50% of them drop out of college or post-secondary school because they shouldn't have been there in the first place or they weren't ready, right? And so there's just that disconnect of stop pushing that the 100% college bound is the measure of success. And so there's a lot of times kids just don't know what they want to do yet. And I think, and now I'm putting my tech force hat back on, that we do a lousy job in this country of helping people understand, young people, you know, how to figure out what it is they want to do. What are some of the natural skills and their wiring? And so you say, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. And then we throw into the wind and we say, good luck. And there's really not a whole lot better infrastructure in place than when I was a kid that said, you know, here, take this test and we'll tell you whether you should be a plumber or a lawyer. And then whatever it said, it didn't offer any ways of how to do that. So at TechForce, we have been working really hard to say for the transportation industry, right, for the technician profession, let us give you all the tools, all the resources in one place. Doesn't mean TechForce created or owns them all. We're a nonprofit, so we're a collaborator and a hub. It's our job to go out and find all the resources and all the advocates in this industry that are all these resources hidden in the nooks and cranny and bring them together in a way that the students and the working techs can find them so that if they want to figure out and explore this career path what's it mean if they want to network and find some mentors or a first job or an apprenticeship or an internship where do they find that where do they even know if there's a tech school a high school or a post-secondary in their community people don't know what they don't know and so you've got to kind of have a one-stop shop and it's that's where we're the network of being able to help navigate all of this from one place we are tech force so come to us for all of anything you could possibly need or if you're working tech how to make sure we're your champion help you want to stay in the job help you find employers that really rock and respect you as a technician so it's kind of that soup to nuts pipeline to placement where we try to advocate and find all those resources because i think Going back to what I say is, you know, career exploration in this country, if you look at a European model or anything like that, there's a lot more work in helping people find their way into the right jobs. And I don't think we provide a good roadmap for too many of our young people and they get lost. You know, I studied um, accounting in school and uh, got my bachelor's and master's degrees in accounting. Um, but if I were, I didn't, I did not go to Harvard undergrad. And if I had, I wouldn't have been able to study accounting because they don't teach it there, right? They don't offer mm. it because it's not part of, it's not considered part of a kind of a traditional liberal arts education and that's fine. Um, but getting a degree in accounting, you graduate with kind of with a specific skill set that you can immediately go out and get paid to do. It's very similar in a way to getting an education as a diesel technician, for example. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've heard cases where um, some technical colleges are either working with uh, another school or they themselves um, are accredited to do this and they're offering associates and maybe even bachelor's degrees in conjunction with technical training. And I wonder if, uh, you know, if the universities are potentially propagating some of the um, some maybe some of the biases and and so forth uh, whether intentionally or not um is it possible that they could step in and start offering these pro programs themselves like could you get a degree in uh, as a diesel technician from arizona state university for example why not 
Well, um, you know, and again, that's a huge question because part of this is the education is all over the board. I mean, you're going to have community colleges doing it. You do have technical schools, nonprofit, for-profit. I think, you know, in the last decade under the, uh, some of the, probably more under the Obama administration, a lot of the for-profits that were the bad actors were put out of business. So that's probably a good thing. Uh, So, you know, there's lots of different ways to get your technical education. And a lot of the employers are setting up their own types of training. So there are a lot of options. Uh, So I'm not quite sure maybe what, what you're getting at to think of, but I do think there's lots of options, but also what makes this challenging is the technology is changing every day. So therefore curriculum changes every day. I guess With what, that, yeah. oh, well, I guess what I'm saying is, um, so if the demand is there, so there's 50 to 60,000 um, unfilled um, positions, essentially based on the demand that you talked about, at least, and that doesn't account right. for baby boomer boomers retiring and so forth. If the demand is there, why aren't universities and colleges stepping in and uh, creating their own programs or restoring programs that used to be there? Um, well, or is that two, happening? No, I think twofold. One is uh, the demand to enter and enroll in those programs is still very down. So it's not that there's not programs out there, but they have a lot of empty seats. So why create more if you can't fill the ones that already exist would be one argument. So even though, you know, there's a demand by industry to hire them, there's a shortage because not enough people want to go into it. So So they're not enrolling into the school. Right. Right. The other problem with it is, you know, we hear from our instructor friends all the time. My school will only give me X dollars to fund my classroom or my program. And they try to be fair and equitable. So they give the same stipend to every teacher. It takes a lot less money to put on a marketing class than it does to put on a diesel tech program. So this is where, you know, they are just underfunded and it is expensive to have a cutting edge, real world, ready to work, hit the ground running education of training. And that's the big gripe you hear from employers, right? Mm. Like, oh, I got them and they weren't ready to work. Well, I hired a marketing person. They could barely write a press release. So, you know, it's not abnormal. But still, I think that it is an expensive education if you really actually want to give a very good one. So how do you have a lab at a school that's going to have the latest cutting edge diesel engines and have the room and the space to pull in, you know, massive trucks so they can get the real life experience, right? So, I mean, some of that all goes together in the safety equipment, blah, blah. So it just creates a little bit of a barrier because it is an expensive education to some to take it on. And then you don't want to prop it up if there's not the demand there. So that's why I guess for us, we go back to, we've got to allow more people to see this as an opportunity and to get them and to fund the programs that are out there and support the programs that are out there. And the only people who can really support it that's going to make a dent is industry. Because if we wait for the school and the education departments to fund this, they're just not going to. They're funding science and math and English. But if employers come in and are partners with the schools and, you know, as they've done with TechForce, they donate a diesel engine to us and we get it through our partnership with FedEx Freight, who will get that diesel engine to a school who can use it. Now we're moving training aids into places that we really can train our techs. Yeah, that's a great, great point. 
Great point. And then, you know, it's interesting too the, the parents, because I, you know, uh, I have a daughter in high school and she wants nothing to do. I've tried to get her to, she's changed the <laughs> oil a couple of times. She thinks it's cool. Um, she's interested in it, but there's, there's no fanfare. There's, there's no, there's, it's, it's not a big hip thing at her school. You know, there's maybe a couple niche people, two, three kids that are lifting their truck or something. But it's interesting though, that what you were saying is how do we get more material to parents? Do we have to like get a Super Bowl ad or something? Like what, what is, <laughs> what is it that we need? Cause there's just a massive disconnect with the support that, that you referenced earlier. Uh, yeah. with parents and it, it, it's a million dollar marketing question right which is how do i find my target audience and we grapple with that but i think again part of what tech force does is we try to work with schools but we work with the diesel instructors right because there is something about get taking the kids who are already dappling in these programs and i say kids because i'm over 50 so everybody's a kid right but you know i mean this kid could be our re returning vets or students right and so they're dappling with the possibility of entering this career and so maybe they take a class or a program. So we try to go where some of it is they already are, but we find that they drop off. They dapple, but then where did they go? And they didn't go into this industry. So we need to do a better job and we're doing that through TechForce. We've built a social network and it launched at, it's at jointechforce.org, that URL right now, um, of being able to build a community and network so that we know where they go. Right. So we need to do that to keep track of and help them along that pathway. But I think, you know, we also talk constantly with um, people who are frustrated over the school system. And we joke sometimes that it's the parent Googling my kid hates school. And they're more open and predisposed to trying to find alternatives. So when you talk about how do you find the parents and these students who may be dappling you go where they already are where they're dappling but then they fall off but also then you go with what i call the peripheral student which is where is the student on the sidelines working with their hands doing problem solving that's synonymous with being a technician but a lot of young people gen zers are not that not as enthralled as a different generation was with cars and trucks and things that moved and so part of it is they, they're into the robotics or they were told robotics are a successful career or they're into STEM careers. And we need to f do a better job of helping them see that you could work with, with diesel or with engines or you know what have you, and that these are STEM careers. Did that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just hopped on uh, jointechforce.org. I love the idea. I'm thinking of LinkedIn for technicians, right? Like you've got your yep. professional profile. Here's what I've, here's what I've done. Here's my career. Here's my credentials. This yep. is amazing. It's like, it's a, there's a need for it. Uh, whether there is, yep. well, because we know our tech, we know technicians, right? Cause that's tech force knows technicians. That's all we do. We don't, we stay in our lane. We are the champion of technicians and the technician workforce. So we know they're not going to fill out a profile in LinkedIn and they're not even on LinkedIn, but we know they have a language that is all about being a truck guy or a car gal or, you know, any of this industry that when you're wrenching and you have a vocabulary, it's a unique club, right? Yeah. So you want to be able to come in to join tech force and yeah, store your stuff that's for your resume in there because God knows you're going to forget in two years that you had sort 
certifications or awards or, you know, whatever. You're going to forget that you won some super tech competition at TMC. You know, what year was that? So it's great, a great place to just store that stuff so that when you need it, you can pull it. But it's so much more than that because they want to really flex their talent and show off their stuff and have a social network of like-minded community. So to be able to enter contests and say, yes, this is what I'm working on or I'm really into, you know, something and then be able to enter that into a contest. I mean, right now we have a show us your ink, right? Because this is something that is, you know, it's just a a vernacular and a, a vocabulary of our audience. And so for them to upload and to be showing off their ink, they're having a great time with that. And so it's also gamified because we're talking about the next generation and trying to reach out and bring more people into this. So you have to talk with them and engage them as Gen Z wants to be engaged. So, hey, I want to be on the leaderboard. I want to compete. I want to do trivia. I want to show how knowledgeable I am about my craft or my passion. So it's built for all of that. And we think that that's a game changer. One, so that people don't feel isolated, like they may be the only one at their high school or they're, you know, that's thinking about this career path. Well, now they're connected with all these other people who have that same goal or that same passion. And, um, and again, like I said, they don't know what they don't know. Well, now they can go in there. And when they're looking for a scholarship, we award over a million dollars in scholarships a year just to technicians. Hmm. So they're That's not awesome. competing with kids going to Harvard and all this other stuff. They've got a real shot if they fill out the, the application and they tell us their story and share their passion. They've got a real shot. That's super cool. Love that. I, you know, and I love the idea of like uh, crowdsourcing where, you know, so let's say that I'm new to the industry and I want to put a turbo on my car and I just don't know where to begin. I imagine all the skills are sitting inside this uh, t- jointechforce.org. Like there's probably with that community, they could tell me how to do it. I imagine. That's right. That's right. And, you know, we're going to link to trainings and things like that that we find or our our partners provide that may give you some more learning or training on the spot as well. And what we're hearing from a lot of our instructors is like, oh, thank God. In fact, a lot of your e-learning that so much because we're a charity is donated to us. Others might have had to pay for it, but they donate it to TechForce and therefore our tech forcers get to come in here and, and tap it. But our instructors will say, this is better than anything my school district provides. So then they'll direct their students to go, hey, why don't you watch this training or tap that resource and I'll give you credit. And of course, in the TechForce network, they get their points. So hmm. it, it's kind of a win-win and we just saw a huge gap. And that if you're going to really try and champion career exploration and workforce development and then take it all the way through to job placement, you've got to do it with people power and you've got to do it with IT. And the people power is everything from you've got to be able to introduce people to their instructors. Instructors have to know employers. Employers have to be able to come in and do field trips and public speaking. We have to take kids to events. They want to go to NHRA and they want to go to you know, NASCAR and drifting. They want to check out all this stuff, but they don't always have the money to do it. And they often don't have the parents who want to take them. So we'll take them. We'll get them free tickets, we'll take them, we'll expose them, we'll help introduce them to people in the network, and that makes it real. And so, you know, I think that people power of starting to connect and uh, them to each other and to resources that need, that we're hoping will help fewer 
drop out of the pipeline. Even though they were interested, they ended up not going. If they don't come into this career because they figured it's just not for them, that is fine. I hope we've helped them find what is right for them. But shame on us if industry, if diesel needs technicians desperately, which is what it does, then we have to do something. And I think TechForce just struggles with sometimes uh, people complain and employers and you know people who are selling to techs and everybody knows the tech shortage is real and everybody gripes about it but my question is what are you doing about it and if you're not donating to tech force then i have less money to award scholarships and less money to do this work so come join us kind of be a part of our force and donate whatever you can i mean i don't care if it's 50 bucks to a thousand bucks it's like do something right yeah, Amen. We were talking with, <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. We were talking with Robert Braswell, who's over at TMC executive director. And he, yes. uh, he made Love this him. comment. Um, yeah. Good guy that, um, when he asks people, he'll be in a room, he'll ask people, you know, do you, you're in the industry, do you encourage your relatives to get into the industry and ask for a show of hands? It's very few hands. And I think the, you talk about the biases and so forth. I think those are felt by players in the industry, even though um, they're, I'm sure they're proud of their work. I'm proud of what they do, but the bias of, but my kids should be doing something else, you know, is so ingrained. And so it seems like part of your mission must be helping players in the industry feel really good about what they are doing, what they're doing, how they contribute to society and how it fits in and overcoming some of those biases by people that are already in the industry. I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, in the end of the day, we try to do a lot of recognition and a lot of, we call, you know, advocating or championing because it is showing respect for techs. And so we do our Techs Rock Awards, we do Women Techs Rock, and then the Future Tech Rocks, which are for students. We have sponsored with TMC and Robert the uh, future tech competition at the TMC. So, you know, in the end of the day, what HR department doesn't know that beyond the paycheck, you need to show people respect and recognition and appreciation. So you have to ask yourself as an entire industry, what do we do to respect techs? I was very mindful of this during COVID, right in the early days when all of a sudden immediately essential workers had to keep working. Well, those included techs, right? So our technicians kept working. And yet you kept seeing, thank you so much to our frontline workers, our grocery clerks, our our healthcare workers. And then even rightfully so, you know, even the truck drivers, because people recognize the need and appreciation for the the essential workers. Tech Force stood up and said, what about the technicians? And we Mm -hmm. created quickly a public service ad that thanked our tech because it's the techs who are keeping the airplanes, the cars, and the trucks moving that delivered all that equipment, supplies, and and, and resources. So we had our whole thank attack. And just recently, I heard that New York City, you know, put on a ticker type parade for essential workers. And the head of the technician union in New York City um, kind of blasted and rightfully so in an op-ed that they did not include the technicians. And so it goes back to this, we can't forget our techs. And I kind of joke, if your car started today, thank a tech. So we have to start advocating and celebrating and recognizing because um, when when you turn your nose down and act like it doesn't matter, well, who wants that job? 
So exactly. that's what TechForce tries to do and asks industry to join us. So we're coming up on our Tech Rock Awards that will kick off here pretty soon in the fall. For any employer who's got diesel techs, if you're not nominating your techs who rock, then you're missing it. Because just even that, we give you all the tools to make somebody who works for you feel good. And guess what? Then they might actually win. <laughs> and if you get out the vote for them and then you encourage your workforce to get out the vote for your gal or guy, then what message does that send to your workforce about how much you respect techs? Or if you do nothing, what message does that send? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, as, speaking of essential workers, it's not just during COVID, but the uh, if you if you look at just uh, the commercial vehicles, so medium heavy duty vehicles that we all share the roads with, um, those things are tearing themselves apart through day to day operation and they need to be maintained. And the quantity of vehicles is ever increasing. But as you mentioned, the quantity of, uh, uh, you know, technicians available to maintain them and do work on them is not increasing it's actually decreasing and so it becomes a numbers game so the likelihood of something going wrong um, with a piece of equipment on the road um, because of that disparity seems to be higher and higher and the work being done by the existing technicians they're they're doing great and there's more tools available to make them more and more efficient and so that's good but at the end of the day i think if people realized that you know the truck you're driving next to on the freeway that thing's maintained by and then you explain this industry that they've never maybe even thought existed, right? It's this hidden industry. They right. would have a much greater appreciation for the the impact that diesel technicians have on all of us and our families personally. So um, there's certainly yeah. a lot of work to work to do there for, for awareness. Well, we, we have a motto at TechForce and it says, when techs rock, America rolls. And that really is trying to get at that level of appreciation that, I mean, a diesel tech alone, sometimes maybe, maybe people think trucking only, right? But I mean, it's trucking, it's agricultural equipment, it's construction, you know, it's the, like you said, exactly. heavy duty, off-road, it's, it's so many things. And there's, you know, components that this is what keeps our lives moving and you take it for granted. So uh, I think kind of reframing that, I often joke, that, you know, 30 years ago, I was set up on a blind date with my now husband. And when they were called me and said, oh, you know, you, there's this boy you need to meet. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. What's he do? Well, he's into computers. I thought, oh, my goodness, because, this, you know, I, I pictured horn rim glasses and a pocket protector. And that's what the image was right. in the 80s and 90s of anybody who worked on a computer was a complete and total nerd and geek. And those were the funny words we used to describe them. But the picture in your brain was not attractive. So now when I say, you know, oh, my husband, he's in IT, everybody is like, well, you know, he must be smart. He's probably <laughs> successful. I mean, it's just a 180. And we need to do the same. I'm hoping a lot faster than 30 years that we did even for that profession. Love it. You know, what's funny is we, we live near uh, an attorney. We near, uh, there's a doctor, attorneys. There's all these very uh, well-to-do folks in this general area. Um, 
it seems like uh, I, I continue to be the most popular because somebody's car is always broke down and they're like, where's Chris? <laughs> like, can you look at this? Hey, so-and-so just came into town. The brakes are squeaking or something squeaking. And there's something under my car. Do you think you have five minutes? Like, it's just kind of amazing where right. everybody's helpless in this scenario. And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm, I just, it, it actually puts a skip in my step. You know, someone gave me a chance when I was a young kid um, I was at the right place at the right time, whatever it was, worked hard. And those skills, even though I don't wrench today professionally um, and I, I do it more hobbyist, it it gives me a skip and a step to know that I know how to do some of that stuff and I'm capable and competent to do it. And people respect me for that, even in the later years as my career has developed. So, yeah, you're exactly right. And say once a tech, always a tech, because you're not going to yep. lose that. You're going to always have that skill set and that knowledge that puts you one step ahead of me who lifts the hood and goes, uh, who do I call? <laughs> and Jennifer, you mentioned computers, to IT, you know, the terms may have changed a little bit and that has helped maybe with the advent of new powertrains like electric, maybe hydrogen fuel cell, all that. We have the opportunity to use new terms, fresh terms that can take on new meaning. Who knows? We'll see. I think I've heard so many different fun words for what a future technician might be called. And I do think actually that's one of the challenges. When I joined this industry in 2014, I found that was the hardest thing is nobody could agree what this stuff is called. So if I say technician, they're like, well, for, for what? And then it's like, well, for the transportation industry. And I came off stage one time, a guy took me aside and said, I'm darling, you're not in the transportation industry. You're in the automotive industry. And I said, well, I don't think that the aviation and the collision repair and the diesel will think that that's accurate that, or that I'm representing them if I say that. And so there's all these sectors, right, within the industry, and they're very siloed. And so then you start to say, well, you have to be what else are you if you're not the transportation industry? Um, same thing as you say technician. It's like, well, what does that mean? And um, does that mean you're an IT technician or HVAC technician? And so the same thing going forward, there's all these words. And if I talk about mobility, everybody thinks I'm talking about wheelchairs, unless you're in the industry. And we talk about the future of mobility. So I do think language is a powerful thing. And I hope I'm uh, you know, alive and well to see what the, the terminology will be of the future, Absolutely. but it's, it's, it will be fun to watch. Absolutely. Rebranding can go a long way. Hey, mechanical engineer sounds professional. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jennifer Marr, CEO of TechForce Foundation. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me so much. So the website is techforce.org and the social network jointechforce.org. Um, look forward to uh, doing more in the future, Jennifer. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Diesel Stories Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and check out dieselstories.com for more episodes.